0: Hi, everybody. For the next few episodes, we're bringing you another installment of our OG check-ins, the occasional series where we speak to some of our OGs, original guests, about how things have been going since we first spoke with them on the show. Today, I'm checking in with OG Veda. Veda's episode aired on June 1st, 2021. Here's a clip
1: coming out to my parents about me not f- being cis. It's just something I do not even see on the horizon. That's because I don't think I want to have that talk with them. I don't want to take on that emotional labor. And I think that that's my prerogative. It's always like far more beautiful and poetic to, 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 be completely open with your family and be able to... This, these were Western ideals, though. Basically, I thought that there would be a happy ending that I'm supposed to pursue. With my gender, oh my God, I would have to like decolonize their minds. And do I have it in me to do that? Do I have it in, in me to teach two cis parents what being non-binary is? No, hell no. I have time for other things, not this.
0: Hi, everybody. Juleka here. I'm the host and creator of How to Talk to Mommy and Papi About Anything, and I want to invite you to be on our show. If you're an adult and a child of immigrants from anywhere in the world, I'd love to talk to you about those conversations that are hard but necessary. Things about politics, dating, career, parenting. Seriously, no topic is off limits. Send us an email at hello at talktomomipapi.com and let's get you on the show. That's hello at talktomamipoppy.com. See you soon.
1: What's up, everybody? I'm Steve-O. Lewis, a licensed psychotherapist and host of How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything. I'm excited to share big news. How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything is back. This time, I'll be joined by a very special person, someone whose name you know very well.
0: Hi, everybody. I'm Julie Calantigua, founder of LWC Studios.
1: Welcome, Jaleika.
0: I'm so excited. And by the way, I'll be taking notes. So many notes.
1: As always, on the show, we get to hear stories from Black and Brown folks who are out there doing great and amazing things. Then I do my thing of offering some feedback and strategies to help us navigate personal and professional challenges. Together, we'll figure out how to achieve on our own terms.
0: Subscribe to or follow How to Talk to High Achievers about anything everywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow the show at Talk to Achievers. Hi there, I'm Paulina, LWC Studios Managing Producer. Lend me your ear for a minute. The Supreme Court's decision to repeal Roe v. Wade devastated me and many of my colleagues in podcasting. It continues to be important that we stand together in supporting a person's right to choose. That's why I'm participating in the Listen to Women Coalition. It's a group of audio creators dedicated to uplifting and creating pro-choice content. We've launched a merch campaign with 100% of proceeds going to the National Network of Abortion Funds. You can find a link to Listen to Women on LWC Studios' Twitter, at LWC Studios. Buy a t-shirt, wear it to your next hang to go to a live podcast show and on the way to the polls. And tell a friend. Thanks. When Veda came on the show last year, they talked about their decision to not discuss their non-binary identity with their South Asian parents. For an OG check-in, I wanted to know if moving back home had changed the kind of conversation Veda was willing to have with their parents and how cohabitating might be impacting the family dynamics. Let's get into it.
1: So my name is Veda. I am a 23-year-old. I just moved actually out of New York City. So I'm in Florida for the time being, but I'm trying to figure out where to go next. And while I work remotely, I'll be here in the meantime.
0: Wow. Big move. Yes. Yes. Um, So the last time that you came on the show, we talked about telling your parents, your family about being non-binary, figuring out What to tell, what not to tell, where you want to put your energy. When you listen to your episode, what did you think?
1: So actually, I talked to my parents. I came out to my parents um, about having like being in a queer relationship, but I haven't talked to them about being non-binary. And I haven't actually talked to them still about like my pronouns or like my gender really in that way. But um, since then, and it's like strange timing, yesterday, I did find out that, like, um, my sister called me and she was like, hey, I think I accidentally outed you (laughs) to our aunt. And I was like, oh, okay." And she used my pronouns, which are they, them, when talking to my aunt and my aunt picked up on it. And it wasn't it wasn't like a bad interaction or anything. But she was like, I just thought I'd let you know in case, you know, that comes up. So this is something this is a conversation
0: that I might be expected to actually have now. So. What do you think you might say? What do you think your aunt might say? It's like, I feel like between the
1: two of us, it'll be like, I'm going to wait until they bring it up kind of thing. But I think it'll be a pretty interesting conversation because a lot of time has passed since I even came out in the first place. And because even my relationship to my gender has changed since like you and I last spoke. How so? Well, because I used to identify as like non-binary, I guess. Uh Uh-huh. But... I don't know if it's that I thought about it more, or thought about it less in order to get here, but I, I think it's more just that I'm gender fluid or I like just don't know how to like consign to gender in general. So I'm definitely not cis. And I think for, for the time being, I do prefer they, them as opposed to strictly she, her. But even now I'm starting to like think maybe I just, I'd be good with all pronouns. And also since the last time we spoke, I have like made friends with people who do use all pronouns or like take any pronouns and i and to me that kind of does seem freeing because like putting that much meaning on the on the language and it like that alone feels really silly to me and frustrating so yeah i guess that's what i mean
0: and also pronouns are really for other people's benefits in a way because you never refer to yourself in a exactly. pronoun <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> Okay, but there's a radical difference between now and the last time we talked, which is that you're back living with your family now? Yeah.
1: How's it that is, going? It's it's honestly, it's been quite normal so far because because I do work, a 9 to 5, so um something something also that I've been doing with my parents is like trying to establish an activity-based like adult to adult relationship where We just we talk about things that we're passionate about, or we talk about family, and we don't really talk too much about the past. I've noticed, which I think has been really productive. For example, I I, most of the time that I spend with my mom is sitting in this office room and like co-working with her. We both like just do our day jobs in the same room, and that's like a really it's very comforting because that's like the way that we socialize is more catered to the natural state of our relationship, which is like, we do talk about work a lot. And we talk about ideas and like, whatever career based like topics. Um, and then with my dad, like, we'll go on bikes together, we will eat together, we'll just do what actually belongs in the, in the relationship that we have. Um, so so far, no unwelcome conversations have come up which I think has been good for me. And it's and it's not like I feel any resentment or hostility about like my queerness at all either, because they've both definitely had enough time to come to terms with that, too.
0: And it feels like there are so many other things you guys have in common, too, right? Like, yeah. So I love that, actually. I really love that, because sometimes it feels like the perpetual elephant in the room when you are holding on to something that big that cannot be spoken. But... It's in the absence of other things that you have in common that you can talk about and that you can share, that you can commune over, you know? So I listened back to, to your episode, and, and one of the loveliest things that you said was that you and your sister had just come to not even just accept, but sort of really rejoice in the fact that your parents are flawed humans, and I'm, I I want to know whether that is still the case, whether you're still having such grace toward them, whether it has been impacted in any way by moving in together, by you also getting more comfortable with who you are and how you want to be in the world. Yeah, there's a few things, actually,
1: revelations that I've had recently, because I've been thinking a lot about like how fleeting life is, because right now I'm, I'm going through like a loss of someone that I love a lot. Mm, I'm sorry. It's, you know, it is a part of life and I'm like, you know, thinking about how this is a part of adulthood. As you grow, you continue to lose people and it teaches you to approach life in different ways. You have to live without that kind of fatalism that like, I'm going to lose this person, so I have to love them. It's more like, no, you just have to live with that truth. Um, And I think in light of that, I've been thinking about like my relationship to my parents and like how I have how I want us to be able to remember our relationship down the line. And one thing is I think I've put a lot of pressure on um, them to be the kind of parents that I've been told by whatever by Western society is like an appropriate type of parent. Um, And the other thing is I've, I've based so much of my self-worth on their approval which isn't my fault, but it's something that I really need to work against because it's actually like led me really far from like what my true, like my my honest objectives in life are. Um, and it's also like actually maybe contributed to a lot of like conflict in my family because I'm very sensitive to their like approval or rejection or that kind of thing. So being able to like see them as flawed humans has also allowed me to see them as people that I don't need to just impress all the time, but people that I just need to respect. And in turn, I deserve their respect as well. I, yeah, I think that's also just a part of growing up, especially with parents who are immigrants is like being aware of the cultural differences and the generational differences and being realistic with what we can expect. And also knowing that I have needs that won't be met by them. So I, I, I deserve to find community elsewhere.
0: Actually, I wanted to ask you a little bit about finding that community within your family. Have you found other folks that are maybe more ready, that are maybe more open minded, that are more hip to, you know, um, how it is to be in the world as you? Um, And then how have those relationships evolved in terms of you sharing with them, them sharing with you? It's interesting and I, it's, that's, yeah, that's definitely the case. I have like a
1: couple aunts who I talk to much more freely, you know, about my identity. And it, what's interesting too, is I think I, I talk to my mom more freely now. Like I've been able to see her progress, even though she was the one who definitely like had the hardest time with like me um, coming out to her. She has taken a lot of responsibility um, to learn or at least to accept things about me, but yeah, no, I have a few relatives who I've been able to be open with who also, um, might not receive like all the approval from our like older family. And it kind of made me realize that like, yeah, sometimes the people who are the most approachable are the people who aren't like looked up to the most in my family. And, um, I guess, yeah, no, I guess it's just a testament to how unimportant it is what others think of you. And that applies to family as well.
0: Okay, my last question is a little bit of a broader question because I was having this conversation with a close friend of mine about when we are living in a world now where it is celebrated, accepted, normalized to be fluid. But when we're also so many other things, how much. Do you feel, or how much should anyone feel that they have to present that part of themselves mm. when there are so many parts of themselves, right? And we really got into it because. One of her children is now beginning to identify as queer. And, you know, she was born and basically raised cisgender female. You know, I'm her auntie, the adoptive friend auntie. And so I want to be all in the conversations. I want to learn. I want to understand. Right. How much of that is anybody's business? How much of that does she have to bring to a job interview? How much of that does she have to bring on a date? Right. Right. So anyways, I'm not asking you to give me the answer to the question. I'm wondering if you think about these things also, because you obviously are also a multifaceted person.
1: Oh, my gosh. I think about this so much in so many different contexts. One being like the difference between how I feel like I need to display my identity now, whereas when I lived in New York and it's nobody's fault. But I definitely did feel a lot of pressure to be more public about my identity um, because.
0: In New York, um, you mean?
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, and I do think that queerness is one of those things that's often co-opted to bolster one's, like, identity, and, like, it's, like, some sort of edge, social edge. Um, it gives you, like, access to these exclusive spaces that should remain exclusive, but, yeah, it, it can be really complicated, Um, so that's one angle of it. It got really frustrating to me because I was like, there's a lot of people I don't relate to who are saying that they relate to me, and... <laughs> I'm very confused. Like we use the same identifier language and we're so different. So what's that about? And that can lead to a lot of resentment, but also like, I have to remind myself, everyone is entitled to their identity. Um, and it's so personal. So like, yeah, I had to let that one go. And then also like, um, I guess the other thing that I'm thinking about too, is like, you were saying you're like an auntie for, um, this like kind of I don't know, daughter figure for you, maybe, or like child, like person who's queer. Yeah, she's
0: a senior in high school, about to go to college, and having all of these very real moments of, well, who am I in the world? You know?
1: Yeah. And this person that I'm actually getting prepared to lose right now is, um, she always calls herself like her, like my surrogate mother, and she's she calls me like her daughter, and um, I think I came out to her before I came out to my parents. Um, she was my childhood piano teacher, but we quickly became really, really good friends. I've known her since I was four or five. And and I'm thinking about how open, how accepting she was of me and how she would say things like, if I knew that if I was guaranteed I could have a child that came out like you, I would have had one. Um, but it's like you're never guaranteed that and and maybe it's easier for her to be so accepting of me because I'm not hers, you know that's something I think about too, because like I don't think my parents are bigoted necessarily, but I do think that the tensions that we had when I like was open with them about myself, those tensions only rose because I'm their child. I bring it back to this because like they felt so deceived because I hadn't been more obvious about my queerness before how right (laughs) which is actually not true because I, I had tried to open these conversations with them about it but I think a part of being read by your identity whether it's in your gender or you're like whatever really that is never in your control so like at the end of the day you do have to relinquish control over how others see you and find peace within yourself with who you are and be okay with people being wrong sometimes but at least making the effort to get your pronouns
0: right. True. This is very true. I think for parents, it's very difficult to separate what they try to imbue you with versus how you just came out, how you just made yourself, you know? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm raising two little ones and sometimes I just look at them like, where did you even get that from? Nobody in our family does that. Where did you even get that? Like weird mannerisms. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
1: And, and my parent, my mom says that to me all the time. She's like, but you do belong in this family after all. You're like, you are one of us. So why are you running away? And it's like, I'm, I'm really not.
0: I'm just the first to have grown up
1: here. <laughs>
0: like, right. Exactly. Fida, thank you so much for coming. I'm so glad you came back. I'm so happy for this update. Of thank course. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> VEDA's original episode is called Talking to Their Parents About Being Non-Binary. You can find it in our feed and on our website. We've also linked to it in the episode notes. Thank you for listening and for sharing us. How to Talk to Mommy and Papi About Anything is an original production of LWC Studios. Virginia Lora is the show's producer. Kojin Tashiro is our mixer. Manuela Bedoya is our marketing lead. I'm the creator, Julie Galantigua. On Twitter and Instagram, we're at Talk to Mommy Poppy. Bye, everybody. Same place next week.